following podcast may contain some adult language. You've been warned. Welcome to Finding Therapy, Genesis RPG Podcast. This is a show dedicated to the Genesis role-playing system created by Fantasy Flight Games and produced by Edge Studio. A show in which we, your hosts, discuss all things Genesis from both a player's and a GM's perspective. I am Tony Fanning, and with me as always are my good friends and co-hosts, Chris Holmes, Stefan Dragonspawn. Stefan, how are you doing today, sweetheart? I'm doing great, honey. <laughs> I'm on location. <laughs> Uh, I'm all uh, bug sprayed over, so uh, to repel any invaders. And um, yeah, I'm eager to uh, to talk about my favorite role-playing system. Oh, sweet. What we won't do for our hobby. <laughs> How are you doing, Tony? Uh, sorry, Chris. Passing along to Chris. Oh, 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 I get it. I, I understand. I hear you. There's stuff. Okay, so <laughs> the hobby has had many, um, many epic moments for me the last few, last couple weeks since we've last recorded. Um, uh, a TPK with an asterisk. Um, a, a really good epic character moment that I've had that I haven't had in a very long time. Safe to say probably since rise of the rune lords and our argument right outside in the basement kind of thing with blaine and you Stefan. Mm -hmm. that moment we had uh, probably not since then um let's see the other one was an epic fight tuesday night with one less player that showed up as well always awesome and of course last night alien rpg playing out like a cinematic let's just say um, um, disembowelment, um, rupture jugulars, and a bloodburster coming out of the disemboweled it remains. You know, it's <laughs> fucking awesome. <laughs> terrific. Um, like you do. And um, a buddy of mine who hasn't been, um, hasn't gamed with us in almost a year came back and joined us last night, and that was fucking awesome. Uh, and I golfed this morning. Ran out of golf balls. Yes. I don't have a golf ball in my golf bag. Everybody out there is like, yeah, Chris, you suck at golf. Yes, I do. Tony, how are you doing? <laughs> well, I got lots of balls. Golf balls, that is. Because <laughs> I haven't played yet this year, and I bought a new bag at the balls at the beginning of the year, and I bought a fucking giant bag, and it's hanging next to my golf bag in the garage, and I haven't been out once. But anyhow, Come play with me, fucker. We tried well, twice you know, this year already. Fucking 70 goddamn hours a week. What do you expect me to do? <laughs> Take time off and go golf. <laughs> I, you know, I Come would if, could, if my uh, if the company I work for could get more employees to cover all these hours and they don't have wouldn't do it with <laughs> overtime. That'd be great, but. Um, that's not quite the case. Uh, so, but I on on, on another note, I. Uh, I did DM some amazing moments as a DM this last week. Also, the, mm -hmm. the one you're talking about where the character moment, um, 
followed by a very good one-on-one session that ended up being a, a two-player session because I surprised the player and invited in another person um, to to NPC somebody, so to speak. And then, you know, but that ended up being really good. I like the way that turned out. And uh, um, I had it written two different ways, uh, completely different ways for the whole adventure to go and just let the player decide which way they want to go based on their character. Uh, and they went, they went, they took the left turn instead of the right. So things went down a different road than I was expecting. And, uh, but, uh, it was a lot of fun as a GM. Those moments are great. Um, uh, let's see. What else did I do this week? That was fun. I don't know. I wrote show notes today. <laughs> was it fun though? Oh, wife and I went and saw a movie. We went and saw old. Oh, really? Oh, I yeah, want to see that. It was interesting. I wouldn't say it's his greatest works, one of his greatest works, but it's definitely one of the better films he's done in the last few years. So Okay. All right. Good to know. Good to know. Thanks. You didn't go see Snake Eyes? I want to go see Snake Eyes. That came out Friday. Yeah. You know, my, my homie, my days of just going seeing mindless adventure films in the theater are pretty much over. Mm, yeah. If I want to watch mindless adventure films, I got to watch them at home yeah, by myself you. without my significant other present. I hear you. So, <laughs> anyhow, that's it. Uh, tonight we have a show for you. We are doing episode 87 called Voila, the ZF1. Uh, <laughs> based on the uh, the item that we are going to be picking to design in the Keyforge Secrets of the Crucible uh, armaments and armor creation rules. So. Let's get on with it. All right. Hey, um, welcome to Boosting the Signal. This time, Stefan is mixing it up. Wicked, wicked, wicked. Um, he's going to be talking about three Genesis actual plague podcasts. So what you've been listening to there, Stephen? Thank you, Chris. Uh, yeah, um, I've been uh, following on Twitter, uh, different uh, Twitter accounts, and some of them are actual plays. And I decided to listen to a few of them, at least a couple of episodes. And so, yeah, so... Since we've been doing more actual plays, I just wanted to boost the signal to for these guys. Cool. Um, so there's the first one called uh, Red Rock, a homebrew by a GM called Josh that is described as a combination of fantasy, steampunk, and cowboys with a smattering of sci-fi on Mars. Yeah, yeah <laughs> really out there. But in his first episode, he does describe in fairly uh, good detail what the campaign and world is about and why. So uh, that's pretty good, uh, I find, in his episode zero. Uh, he sets the ground. Uh, he explains well how the tech is used, uh, the arcane, the divine, and the various races, uh, and how it became came about its creation. 
even the calendar, uh, the length of days and seasons, etc. And from what I can hear of a couple of episodes, it is safe for work <laughs> if you want to listen to it at work. And you can find them at redrockpodcast.com, available on most uh, podcatchers. And they've got a Twitter uh, at Diceberg underscore ahead. So that's the first one. A uh, slightly different one is what comes after. Also a custom setting, like Red Rock, uh, but this one takes place in a post-apocalyptic world. Uh, something happened in the 1980s and roughly 75% of the world's human population just died. No one knows why. Uh, even autopsies on the recently deceased uh, don't reveal anything. The survivors have to try to find a way to live in this new reality. Uh, again, listen to a few episodes, and it is seems to be safe for work. Um, but you have to look for them under Tabletop Tales uh, on your podcatcher, uh, or they've got their website uh, that we can put in our show notes. Yep. Which yeah, has we'll links to. Yeah, we'll definitely yeah. put those in there for sure. Yeah, that's it. And finally, one that I've been listening to quite a bit um, that I had ex exposed to a while back uh, called The Genesis Archives. Um, so it's set in Las Vegas and a bit of Southwest U U.S. Sometimes the, the party uh, characters uh, travel a little, a little bit. So it's a modern world, uh, urban, set with supernatural stuff. So think... You know, the supernatural TV show, uh, the Dresden Files. Uh, the the GM is heavily in, influenced by the Dresden File novels and other uh, such inspiration. Uh, set in the shadows, so you've got uh, fake creatures, vampires, magic. Uh, it is also safe for work, uh, although some of the descriptions might be a little graphic, but they don't go into uh, too much gore, and they don't swear. Uh, at least on the air. Um, they do, uh, this is also, uh, this Genesis Archive, uh, they've produced something on the drive-through-RPG uh, Edge Studios, uh, a PDF for their setting. So you can, if you want to play in this kind of setting, they do have a PDF linked to it. Um, so you can find that there. I've talked about it in a couple of episodes back. And again, uh, you can uh, find them uh, uh, under the Genesis archives, but we'll have the uh, the link in the show notes. So those are two, three uh, podcasts. There was a fourth one that I tried to find. I found some links, but I think they they faded. Uh, I think in late 2019 or 2020, uh, early 2020, they no longer produced any episodes, and I couldn't download anything. So I couldn't. Get any idea of what they were there were about? Gotcha. Um, but these are Stefan. Stefan, I'll go ahead yep. and I'll go ahead and look on Drive Through RPG for that um, Genesis Archives link or back in our show notes and throw that right. in this episode as well for that for you all. Sure. So, sure. Thank you. I made a note here one, to do that. Yeah. So. Yeah. And the Genesis Archives once in a while stops mid episodes and they'll talk a little bit about the system and certain aspects uh, of it, like the dice. Uh, they use a resource. Uh, instead of actual, you know, counting cash 
the account, so they, the characters roll dice to see if they can afford to, to buy something. So the, And they have a supplement for that as well that they came up with. Uh, so. Cool. So, so that's uh, about it. So yeah, I hope uh, in this case I've boosted the signal for these uh, three podcasts. Uh, listen to them, see, check them out, see if you like them. And uh, yeah, uh, let us know what you think of them if, uh, if you have any feedback. Welcome any feedback. So that's it for boosting the signal, guys. Fuck! <laughs> Um, here we are at the books of you're gonna interrupt me motherfucker make sure your goddamn internet is working <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ Fuck! <laughs> yeah we're not safe for work by the way <laughs> and by the way this is where we break down section of one of the books of Genesis bit by bit oh 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 this time, we're going to be exploring the armaments and quick design, armor quick design rules presented in the Keyforge book. Starting on page 138 and ending on 146. So, we should open up your book. And I'm at the end of it. Damn it. <laughs> 138. Let's see. We are... Let's see. So, yeah, so armaments and gear we're talking about. Um, and when we're talking about the Crucible here, you know, Secrets of the Crucible in the Keyforge setting, man, we got a lot of different people coming in here, a lot of different races from anywhere. Anything from, like, what the fuck did you create there, <laughs> Tony? Like that amiibo, you know, it's on a... An amorphous, gaseous amorphous. being that psychically <laughs> controlled things. I don't fucking remember. Yeah, so good like... luck creating a goddamn weapon for him. But, you know, <laughs> we got rules here to make one, <laughs> right? Or or maybe, you know, how about that suit of plate mail armor to put on that amorphous whatever the fuck, right? right. Who knows? Um, You know what? But by <laughs> God, these rules are going to help us make something <laughs> to do that with. Um, And that's really one of the things here is um, you just... Um, that's why they're so generic so that you can get those basic, um, concepts for a weapon, um, to do it. And you work with your, then you work with your GM to kind of morph it and into what makes sense for the creature that you're playing, you know? And, um, when we're talking about creating weapons for, um, you know, in, in Keyforge here, we have, um, you know, we have a basic weapons table here, and then we're going to be adding traits to it. But um, kind of basic weapons can. Um, well, what do we have for basic weapons here? Be the one you guys want to. Should I? Are you still there, Stefan? <laughs> Sorry about yelling, but I had to. <laughs> Is he there? I hope Did we so. lose him. Cutting out. Okay, Is I'm going to continue. Out? Okay. Um. So I'll go. Uh, okay. So the first one is the it's the brawl weapon. It, it uses the brawl skill. Uh, has a damage rating flat. Now these are just the base level, right? Yeah. These are if it, if you're a GM and you're using mooks for any game, this is a great chart to have. 
because you can just oh, yeah. throw one of these basic weapons in your mook or your goon or whatever's hands, and mm-hmm. you're done. And go with it, it doesn't have to have any special abilities or anything at all. This is just the strictest down version of everything. And if you want it to be even more stripped down, give it the inferior one quality, and boom, they get a setback die, and off we go. But um, mm-hmm. uh, basic weapon, the first one is uh, brawl weapon. It's brawl skill, zero damage, crit five, range engaged, encumbrance one, base price of 25 Units of measure in now in Keyforge that's ambits, but in um, in any setting that 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 is a unit of coinage, yeah. right? Twenty five whatevers, um, um, schmeckles if you want it to be schmeckles, um, <laughs> uh, Simoleons if you want it to be that, <laughs> kolaches, you know, <laughs> uh, ra- <laughs> bottle caps, rarity one. Oh, um, and then. It goes on from there. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, you got your one-handed melee weapons, two-handed melee weapons, which basically the only difference between those are you're adding a plus one to damage on your one-handed melee weapon. Um, Your crit is going to be four. Still going to be, obviously, engaged in encumbrance of one. Your price will be 50. The rarity will be two. Two Two-handed weapon, melee weapon is going to be... One more damage. You'll be plus two damage. Same crit of four. Slightly heavier, you know, um, encumbrance of two. Double the price again to make it 100 units of, you know, kolaches. You know, 100 kolaches there. Um, and then still rarity two. Go ahead. Okay. Well, uh, and Stefan, can you go on to do the ranged ones for us? I sure can, Tony. So ranged weapons, are, of course, are weapons that hit at a distance. Yeah. <laughs> so they're, it's split up into three one-handed ranged weapons, two-handed ranged weapons, and gunnery weapons. So one-handed are your pistols and revolvers and just the blaster pistols. Uh, damage five, crit four, short range. Uh, very low encumbrance, two. 150 simoleons. And rarity, three. Of course, then two-handed range weapons would be your submachine guns, rifles, uh, bows, crossbows. They start with a base damage of six and crit of three. Medium range. Encumbrance, three. 500 smackaroonies. And rarity three as well. <laughs> and finally, the big guns, the gunnery weapons, the bazookas, chain guns, the uh, you know fifty cal auto rifles, and the quad laser cannons. Uh, base damage of ten, crit of three, and with a very long range. Encumbrance of five, a bit more bigger, uh, much bigger, bulkier, and much more expensive at. 1400 m bits and a rarity of five because they're a bit more hard to to acquire now i don't know if you said it but they use the gunnery skill um yes that's true yeah it's gunnery weapons i think more times (laughs) than not range yeah and and i think more times than not they would be found mounted on vehicles 
you know. Yeah. Unless you're playing or, Ramble, carrying around yeah, the, or, the M60. <laughs> yeah, or on big tripods or uh, some kind yeah. of mounting. Hey, mm-hmm. what's wrong with a goblin walking around with a neutronium mortar? Mm. Uh, there's absolutely nothing wrong with that, especially if oh. it's mounted to his fucking back. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> that would be great. Well, you, you think of the uh, of the Marines and the aliens. They had some pretty have set on this harness uh, that was on them. Fuck yeah, and even Velasquez, man. She's a badass. Mm-hmm. Mm, hell yeah, man. All right, cool. so that's your base weapons. And then we go on from there to actually add traits to them. Now, there's some hard and fast rules for how to add these traits, and we'll go over those. But um, these weapon traits, there's a long, expansive list here. It isn't the only ones that are out there. If you can think of one that's out there that you want to use, be sure to add it to the list. Um, they What these do, they add to the weapons, adjust, they adjust its profile. So any item qualities listed on chart 3-2, the weapon traits, any of those qualities, if they give you a plus blank to damage or plus uh, blank to uh, or reduce critical rating by X, um, that's cumulative. So if you have multiple effects that have the same quality, for instance, if you have um, flaming, which gives it the quality of burn two, or radiant, which gives it a quality of burn one, then those add up to give the weapon a total of burn three. Um, so that's one of the rules. What are the others, uh, particularly concerning, say, rarity? Well, there is there is something that I want to that I want to clarify before we go further oh yeah is to is to describe really what these weapon traits are are inherent properties of the weapon itself they are not item attachments they're not they are not like that um what is it the um the razor sharp blade right that reduces your crit no this is just intrinsically part of the weapon itself and they don't count as item attachments they don't count towards the limitations on hard points or adding attachments or whatever system you're using there um if you want if you are using the the optional like attachment rules with hard points or whatnot these don't count towards that and um right so um but when you do add one of these qualities and traits and what tony was saying um is that it will alter the price and it will increase the weapon's rarity by one for every trait you include with it okay then you just follow the follow the rarity rules on page 82 of the core books and that'll um and that will uh you know walk you through it a bit um let's see yeah just and then and then again uh it does say here that if multiple traits add the same quality um just sum their ratings to determine the final effect so how about encumbrance and critical stuff there's some bold parts about that yeah this is very important too stuff sorry, go- sorry i uh i uh, my my system is uh is held uh is hanging you, you guys you go ahead go, go ahead tony go ahead Okay. Uh, a weapon's final encumbrance or critical rating cannot be reduced below one. So that's important. That makes sense. Um, some of these, um, <laughs> and there's more to it, but some of these uh, 
items will reduce a cost or reduce right. a critical or reduce the encumbrance rating of an item. You can't um, always if, crit something. If it's zero, you're always critting something. It costs nothing to crit. Yeah, that no, no that, that's not it. <laughs> that's exactly. what that would mean. And then the weapon is always going to weigh something. Right? Correct. Or it's going to have right. a mass or size. So yes. your encumbrance can't be zero. So. Correct. And then the second part of the sentence is, and its price cannot be reduced below the base price of the original weapon. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's that's important. So when your brawl weapon, when you're modifying one, you're not getting it for one credit. You um, get it minimum 25 or whatever that is. 25 kolaches, that's all you're going to get it for. Right, right. So, um, yep. so yeah, a gunnery weapon's always going to cost you 1,400 pieces of awesome. Yeah, yes, they will. <laughs> All right. Um, and then, and then you guys are probably asking, well, then how many traits should we have up there? Um, it's saying here should be allowed up to three, though the GM will always have final say. May limit you to one. May limit you to five. Who knows? Depends how many all you want to get with this, with the campaign. You know what I mean? Yeah, more than five, more than three kind of indicates a very specific device, uh, usually a kind of a plot device or something that right. the players, maybe a MacGuffin, um, or, or maybe even, a ZF one, or maybe even <laughs> a, a a unique weapon unique to a specific uh, adversary in the game. Right. Yep. Um, yep. Uh, it's important that the, the GM really just lay that out right from the get-go though what is your maximum mm-hmm. suggestion is three and then there's a final right. step to creating each and every one of these it's a really important step that people don't really think about and i think it's the one that players have the hardest part with um steph are you back to be able to go into this one uh yeah sure uh, which page uh we're on page 139 the last paragraph on the left right. hand side right all right, yes, yes, I got it. So yeah, so once the weapon is finalized, the player should then decide on its shape, its form, what it looks like, what its functions are. Uh, is it a futuristic bow uh, that uses quantum arrows, as it says? Uh, an obsidian foil with ultraviolet flames, etc. You know, axe with circuitry inscribed diamond. Uh, so doing the or sort of the fluff of the weapon what does it what is it going to be looking like so the players can also create a bit of a story on how they they obtained the weapon the parts of it perhaps even how it was maybe handed down through uh, generations uh, you know given to them uh, or found so uh, that may uh, may help uh, make it even more unique and then devising customized weapon, devising customized weapons uh, is the goal. So players should should feel free to get as detailed as they want uh, for their characters. So you know, the GM has might maybe final say, but you know he can definitely let the uh, the players' uh, imagination run loose. Excellent. Yes, and um, that the key is in that is that uh, you want to theme that basically uh, again a lot of these weapons. Uh, are are going to be cultural. Um, they're going to come from a certain cultural aspect. So if you're using one of the existing cultures in Keyforge, you already have that framework on how to build it. If it's Brobnar, it's going to be violent looking and um, mm-hmm. older tech and oversized. 
And if it's Martian, it's going to be compact and have a weird effect and kind of yeah. goofy looking. <laughs> yep. Um, yeah. One thing we might have missed, though, um, is that these traits that we're talking about that we're going to be going over, like we said, they're intrinsically part of the weapon. They can't be added later. So yeah. When you're purchasing it, when you're creating this, mm -hmm. you don't add these later. Um, unlike yeah, attachments that you can put on and, on and off. Yeah, go ahead, Troy. Look at it this way. This is the, the way the... Um, in the, in the case of your advanced technologies, this is the way the weapon comes off the factory floor. Yeah. You get it in a gun shop or you buy it off the factory floor, this is what you're getting. This is that process. Uh, this is the design workshop in the factory designing the weapon. Um, in, in the more uh, ancient cultures, it's what the blacksmith does in his shop before he hands it to you over the counter. That's right. Uh, oh, yeah, that, that would be the base, the base weapon, with right. and then add, adding the traits is almost like uh, customizing the mm -hmm. weapon a little bit more. So right. you've got a gun, but this, right. I want a gun with extended capacity, you know, gun sights and so forth. That's right. more customized. I mean, but I after that, it's like, easy. all right, too bad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I can very easily see this first trait adaptive, um, quickly respond to incoming threats. Flowing, reforming itself automatically in response to attacks that would shatter other weapons. Basically, it gains reinforced. I can very easily see this trait being applied to a katana made by made in ancient Japan. Right? Yeah. That is how Legendary those swords were forger. made. Yeah. Yes, those are how those those swords were made. They do not break. Right? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, for true instance, story. Now, there is a sidebar here, and I want to go into it because this is important to Keyforge itself. Mm -hmm. But it's also if you're using a system that has a arcane fuel like um, if you're using it in your world, an arcane fuel like Ember, like we have in our Primordial Machina setting where we have the Fey Crystal. Mm -hmm. um, it's important that you um, look at the sidebar here on page 139 and that some weapons and armor require one or more ember to activate an item quality or special ability it possesses ember uses this way i'm sorry ember used this way is utterly consumed it's gone each such activation has a specific duration that it lasts for and additional ember will be needed to activate that bonus again now if you are using this system to create weapons for a non-keyforge setting that doesn't use fuel types, then you're going to need to come up with a way to activate these things. And the simplest way is either with advantage or story point. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, well, let's get into them. Enough. Yeah. Yeah. So I went you over already the first brought one. up the first one, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Adaptive. Yeah. And you know, this could be. Yeah, basically the description. So I think, so the table gives you the mechanic, you know? Mm -hmm. So gains yeah. reinforced, costs 300 um, kolaches. I'm using kolaches because, you know, kolaches are awesome. They're so fucking good. Um, <laughs> to the price. So that adds to the base price of it. And then in the flavor text here, so you want to read both to get the idea of what they're kind of meaning here, so. What's the next one? Uh, antimatter. So weapon can leak a stream of antiparticles designed to crack and shatter almost anything. 
As a maneuver, the wielder consumes one ember, and this weapon gains the sunder quality under uh, it uh, on, until the end of the encounter. So there's the duration. Now, what it'll say on the um, what it'll say on the chart is that uh, plus one encumbrance, consume one ember to gain sunder. It doesn't tell you the duration on the chart, so you always have to look at the fine print. And then there's of course the increase of the price of two hundred uh, smackaroos. Um, what's next, Steph? Next one is one that I kind of like, can leave some uh, room for interpretation, is Bloodthirsty. It says, the weapon is laced with amber imprinted with anger and yearns to cause pain and death. You go to the mechanic side, and it reduces critical rating by three. Of course, minimum of one. Unwieldy three, and vicious two. Oh, no, that, sorry, that's the brutal. Bloodthirsty and uh, reduce critical rating by three and gains unwieldy three for 700 uh, smackaroos. Right. So I would like, you know, race uh, fairly common in their weapons. It becomes a pretty big axe or hammer with spiky bits uh, that are easily uh, able to tear into uh, opponents. Right. But I, it's big. It, you, need, you need the strength of a giant. No, you don't. You need agility. <laughs> unwieldy oh, is unwieldy. agility. Right. You're thinking of cumbersome. Right. Cumbersome. Cumbersome. Right. Still, yeah. Right. You still need to be able to uh, to control the weapon or else it's going to fly into your hands and, uh, and control you. <laughs> and attack <laughs> anyone. Yeah. Even your friends, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> That's exactly. what you use threat. <laughs> Certainly. But yeah, yeah it that... could be amber amber could be something else. You know, uh, fake crystals that have been corrupted with violence. Uh Mm-hmm. Or just special circuitry in in the. <laughs> but I can see I can see the fake weapon. crystals. I can see fake crystals or ember being, um, being mined from like where oh, once a great battle had occurred mm-hmm. or like some ancient battlefield or whatever where, right yeah, on. you know any of these you know just bloodthirsty. <laughs> we'll just give you the bloodthirsty quality on it. And I think you, yeah. you cut out really bad when you said it, when you were talking, Stefan, but I think you said it was a Brabnar as a race, as a culture. Yeah. 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 Okay, because the word cut out, but I, uh-huh. I, I, I kind of inferred what you thought, what you said there. Uh, yeah, That's they would it. have I'll... a lot of them with this trait, I yeah. would say. A, a race like that, yeah, definitely. Uh, or orcs, or half-orcs, ogres. Right on. A warrior rate. Warrior race, sorry, uh, yeah. probably have something like that, but you know, no, don't limit yourself to, you know, uh, to, let's say just a melee kind of weapon. Uh, just because it says bloodthirsty, it this could re- be represented instead with, you know, technology or sorceress uh, rituals that imbue the weapon with uh, with this kind of uh, ability. So you may have a gun barrel that's laced with this bloodthirsty um mm-hmm. the, the the bloodthirsty ember and any shot or whatever whatever you shoot out of it is just bloodthirsty that bullet really wants to kill somebody well that's it comes it. out of there Imag- screaming literally yeah, exactly. like, yeah. 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 imagine a rail gun a goth can you know Side effect is like almost, it sounds like almost like a scream as a bullet just rips, you know, subsonically or supersonically. Exactly. <laughs> nice. Exactly. What's yeah. next, Tommy? Um, well, to kind of go hand in hand, almost 
with Bloodthirsty, you've got Brutal, which is, you know, it's fairly cheap at 100. Adding two damage and the Vicious 2 quality, however, it is unwieldy of three. So you do need that. You do need that that um, agility of three, or else you're going to be taking setback dice anytime you freaking use it. You also gain inaccurate too. So regardless, you're going to have two boost dice or you two setback dice anyways mm-hmm. whenever you wield mm-hmm. this weapon, and that'll mm-hmm. pretty much make Stefan cry because that's the opposite <laughs> of boost dice. So well, that's um, it. <laughs> he's probably not going to be wielding any brutal weapons. <laughs> his characters. So keep that I don't in mind, know. folks. Keep yeah. that in mind. If you have a brutal and a bloodthirsty weapon, it's going to have unwieldy six. You better have an agility of five so that you only have one setback die. Yeah. Oh, those <laughs> add up? Do those yeah, oh, those yeah. do add? Oh, yes. oh, my God, that's right. I read that part, too, didn't I? <laughs> yeah. <gasps> Fuck. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> yeah, not safe for work, everybody. <laughs> no. <laughs> Bob, how you doing out there, buddy? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> the the memory the memory is going there, Chris. Yeah, yeah, and I read that part too. Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> next, Sam, I have Sam squatches. <laughs> Sorry, damn helicopter suckers. All right, next I have. Hey, hey, uh, hey, hey, hey. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I have uh, collapsing is the next property. Uh, some weapons seem to be drawn out of nowhere. Uh, the the wielder carefully translates them into a proper form from a state of dimensional folding whatever it may be in this case uh the uh the uh, chart says that a collapsing weapon uses uh can the user can lower the weapons encumbrance and and ease and ease to detect it uh by taking it in the the wordly section the little notes here it says as a maneuver wielder may collapse the weapon to restore it to its regular form uh, the weapon cannot be used in combat while collapsed. While collapsed, uh, reduced, uh, reduce the encumbrance of value of the weapon by two to a minimum of one, of course, and add two setback dice to checks made to notice the weapon on the wielder's form or identify its purpose. So in the case of, let's say, um, you have a weapon that is actually your, it's your belt when it's collapsed. It holds your pants up. So, you know, when you get into a fight and you want to pull it off, you know, um, you have to take that maneuver to transform it uh, to back into a weapon. So oh, that one's pretty cool. What's next, Steph? Then you've got the crystalline uh, trait. The weapon was grown from crystals or incorporates them in its design. These components enable the weapon to harness energy whether it's spiritual or technological, in ways that a less sophisticated being cannot comprehend. So that gives the weapon plus one encumbrance, but you do gain accurate one, and it gains also the quality of stun three for, for the low, low price of 650 Smackaroos. Mm-hmm. Oh, nice. nice. That can be pretty, pretty cool. So, if you guys don't mind, do you guys if, mind if I take both of the next two? Because I think they're lame. Yeah. How they're yeah, presented I think, I here. Think. I think they're both fairly lame. Um, only oh, because the name of them and their abilities and how much they cost. Because, first off, 
when I think of disintegrating and when I think of disruptive, I think of disintegrating. I think Mars attacks. Little fucking yeah. Mar- Martians, <laughs> bizarre, and humans like ash. I'm not picturing. And, you know, though it says this armament design outputs a tremendous amount of energy. Obviously, it does. When it inflicts damage, sends ripples of force through its target, reducing significant victims, um, its victims to a little more than ash. I don't picture plus one damage, pierce one, and vicious two. Sorry. I don't picture that. I picture something more. I don't know what. Maybe a special rule. But Reach one. Not this. Vicious not four? This. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? Breach one, vicious four. Absolutely. Something like that. There's, they missed a mark here, in my opinion. Um, disruptive. I think Romulan disruptor. Pistols, rifles, whatever. Same fucking thing, right? They're going to die. Weapon uses high-frequency sounds, dazzling lights, chaotic energy to cause intense pain. Stress in most targets, regardless of their psychology. Physiology. Physiology, sorry. sorry. Um, Plus one damage and stun damage? What the fuck? (laughs) Well, what it is 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 intense pain, stress, and those things are going to be strain on the character. The fact that it does stun damage, it it inflicts distrain. Is that is that is that soakable or not? It's soakable. Yeah, lame. Yeah, yeah. If it's stun damage, yeah, it lame. would be soakable. Lame. Yeah, well, <laughs> lame. that's your opinion, buddy. That is my opinion. So sorry. You guys missed a mark on that. Just wanted to let you guys know. <laughs> All right. Well I uh, the next picture special rules for it or something for these two apps. The next one's spot on. Exactly the rules work the way <laughs> yeah. it should. The yeah, next one is double barreled. The weapon has a second firing barrel or a twin striking implement so that it can double its effectiveness. Uh, and that uh, in the, on the chart means that it gains the linked one quality plus 250 smackaroos. Woohoo! Perfect. Nice. Step. Uh, the, the, yeah, the next one, uh, a little bit a bit out there a little bit weird called dreaming a combat device that has the ability to touch the target's mind disrupting normal neural flows and distracting it with alien imagery and concepts uh so that one basically allows to gain the disorient three uh quality for 150 small uh, so this could be any kind of kind of thing you know a array that disrupts you know neural flows doesn't have to be all you know hippy dippy uh kind of thing or mystical stuff it could be just technology just electricity warping uh someone's brain a little bit to see uh <laughs> all kinds of weird images or disturbing their uh, distorting their uh, their senses but that's what about it the does. concepts don't forget about the concepts too Yep, exactly. Imagery and concepts are oh. fucked up. <laughs> oh, man. make you dream. Alien geometry would make my brain hurt. Yeah, see, yeah. there you go. You know. Oh, I'm in a yeah, hypercube. Can... Fuck. <laughs> yeah, I can. I can smell blue. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. What the hell? Yeah. <laughs> What's next, <I> Chris? <laughs> well, um. Pretty much happened um, at cabin or at uh, at Kanana 
kind of macabre a few years ago. Explosive. Oh yeah. Um, after you, after we had those nachos, Tony. <laughs> um, our, uh, you know, the weapons you get the you have the explosive quality. I right? don't think um, so. I think this is actually yeah. that was venomous. But go on. <laughs> well, there's that. But you know, Daryl like turned right around. Like we almost like blew him right back out the door. <laughs> Anyways, so the blast quality equal to half the base weapon damage. So we're going to be 250 kolaches to be explosive. Um, so uh, with this, uh, you know, the Esh runes on this weapon ensure that every attack, the ground shakes and swaths of enemies fall. Um, so uh, now there is an interesting note here, and obviously got to kind of read the fine print. Um, this value changes as the weapon's base damage changes, such as if your brawn increases on a melee weapon. Okay, your link yeah. characteristic. Okay, so this explosive quality will increase, and then you know depending on how many plates of nachos you have, mm. um, share or share with Tony, that explosive quality will increase. Oh. So, right, <laughs> right on. All right, uh, moving on. What's next? <laughs> extending. So uh, extending. These weapons stretched dimensionally so that it can hit things further than it appears to reach. The weapon's range cannot be increased beyond extreme. Uh, and uh, if this weapon uses the brawl or melee skill, the difficulty of the check it uses will always be average, no matter what its range. So that's key important thing. It's always going to be two purple dice if it's a melee weapon. But having that extended battering ram um, yeah, come in handy at short range. <laughs> uh, so it increases the weapon's range by one band and adds 750 um, bottle caps. So, yeah, nice one. Stefan. Yep. Okay, why does this yeah. one fall on me? I don't know. <laughs> you guys calculated this in advance, didn't you? No. All right. The next, yes, you did. It's the next one is flaming. <laughs> flaming. <laughs> got it. No. <laughs> so, yes, of course, flaming. So the weapon now does plus one damage and gains burn two. Does for it? Three, does it, Stefan? Does it gain burn two? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Chris, really? That T-shirt with that uh, top bottom? No, 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 no. <laughs> it's well, stylistic. Fire. It's a stylistic choice, though. Yeah. So fire, fire is the most. It's more than just stylistic choice. This weapon enables users to light their targets on fire. <laughs> burn, baby, burn. But they burn. <laughs> really? What did you do with your hair, Tony? No. Oh, what air? Wow. Exactly. That's below the belt there, Stefan. No, no, no. no. It's on top like. of his head. No. <laughs> anyway. Now, now, don't put words in my mouth. You know what? The, that's not what I want. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, next. Next one. I think they fell short on as well. Hallowed gains superior, the superior quality, which you get to add an advantage for 600 Kalachis. I would much rather eat 600 kolaches than add an advantage. Because Hallowed says some weapons have a reputation that goes far beyond their physical appearance. This weapon has an associated legend about how it was created or who wielded it in the past. Um, 
yeah, fell way short on this one. I think a special rule probably should have been created for this, um, where um, enemies who come and hit you, they have a setback die because they're like, fuck, he's wielding Excalibur, or he's wielding that axe that kills that, killed that dragon with one fucking hit with. <laughs> it's Goblin you know? I mean, Cleaver. I mean, what do you guys think? Well, I mean, narratively, again, as a GM, you can expand upon that a little bit. You know, if it is something that has a storied history, well, you know, turn that into boost dice or setback dice during social encounters, too. Yeah. As a GM, you could expand upon these. Right? Oh, you totally could. Well, yeah, well, for example, you know, Goblin Cleaver, the Hobbit, the Goblin King just recognizes the the sword that Thorin was, was wielding. He's like, oh my god, no, not that weapon. That's right. <laughs> right. Instant despair. <laughs> Instant Bo-hammer. upgraded social checks against this guy. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. I mean, why wouldn't they have that here? I why wouldn't know. they have put that in here? That's what Maybe I'm asking. I, think I, they I just... guess because weapons don't normally come into play during social encounters. No. Um, okay. Yeah. And even then, I mean, for for something like that, it could be like more like a, a name like legendary instead of hallowed. Right. Right. I get you. Reputation. Yeah. yeah. I don't. But know. yeah, I don't know. I just. I, I just. The, yeah. Look, you, you're trying to add all of the qualities from, or a mix of qualities from, the core rulebook, mm-hmm. and I think the way to get superior on there without saying, you know, calling it superior. It's a legendary weapon. Yeah. Um, I think I think that's the way they did it. But yeah. moving on. Yeah. Uh, right. Next one is cool. It, it's super cool. Uh-huh. Uh, jet propelled. Or as we that are not safe for work say, jet fucking propelled. <laughs> <laughs> this weapon includes jet engines either behind the striking surface, rocket hammer, fuck yeah, or on the ammunition to add additional force to the impact this makes it force it makes its force particularly staggering sometimes often literally uh as a maneuver the wielder consumes one ember and the weapon gains the you yeah you asked for it concussive one item quality until the end of the encounter I like yeah. me some concussive qualities there, Tony. Oh, yeah. 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 I like to stun lock your bosses, Tony. Yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. But um, so, uh, yeah, uh, the actual chart says uh, plus two damage, consumes one ember to gain concussive one, and knockdown. And, oh, that is a hefty 1,100 extra pieces of awesome yeah um i i'm i would just um yeah warn yeah G, all gms out there just gotta warn the concussive quality man it's just <laughs> boss fight breakingly disappointing for the gm <laughs> sometimes hey. i mean hey. but it is what it is it's fun but it just beware it if happen. you're playing cock knocker and you want to make the rocket fist that uh you know punches people in the ball sack uh that like you, you do 1125 uh pieces of awesome and it's yours you know it <laughs> that's next <laughs> yep next is the magnetic trait 
So this weapon uses powerful hyperdimensional magnetic fields to both restrict the, car the target's ability to move and protect its wielder from harm. So this could be interpreted in different ways, of course, whether it's a net or uh, any, any other uh, method. But basically, it allows the weapon to gain deflection one, ensnare two, and uh, cause stun damage. So it could be a very good weapon that uh, is used to capture uh, your, their foes instead of uh, of killing them. You know, uh, oh, yeah. good for bounty, bounty hunters. hunters. Yeah, your bounty yeah. hunters. Yeah, or big game hunters. Mm -hmm. So only two hundred and fifty smackers. Nice. Nice. What's next uh, there, uh, Chris? Well, here's that Brobnar weapon you were thinking about. That yeah. is massive because strong warriors choose to wield weapons that are proportional to their size. Um, because they um, basically take that take damage to eleven, and I'm not talking base damage. I'm like they turn the the knob and they turn it to eleven because <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're adding four damage to the base damage of this damn thing. Because it's so much bigger, you're adding also three encumbrance. <laughs> yep. um, and you better be strong as fuck because it's going to have cumbersome four. Yes, cumbersome four. You need a brawn of four to not have any penalties wielding this thing. But if you do hit somebody, you will knock them down. Because if you do have a brawn of four, you are going to be rolling at least four dice. And you better be trained in heavy weapons or at least melee weapons to get that knockdown. To, you know, hit it, you know, hit them down. Get those advantages. Then, get those advantages. That's right. And, um, you know, it will be um, costly 200 kolaches. Mm-hmm. You won't have, you know, you got to keep up that that nice big massive frame, but you got to sacrifice two hundred collections before you do it. <laughs> All right, so the next one is methodical. Just plotting along right here. Uh, even on the battlefield, some weapons need to be properly tuned before they achieve their full effect. In some cases, that patience can have merit. So a methodical weapon reduces the critical rating by one. Because you got to dial that sucker in. Uh, it's going to gain plus three damage, plus one encumbrance, and gains the prepare two quality. Ugh. Oh, and prepares prepare. pre prepares the number of like move actions, right? Number of maneuvers. Maneuvers, maneuvers, yeah. maneuvers you got to do, right? Okay. Wow. So yeah, mm, yep. It's still doable in one turn by spending two strain. Yeah. But, your sniper cannon that would be definitely something uh, appropriate for that. Right. Uh, and that's an extra 250 um, smackers. Mm -hmm. uh, so, uh, yeah. Nice. Methodical. Methodical. Mm. And then after that, we've got mono-edged. The weapon's striking surface is honed down to the thickness of a single molecule leaving it capable, capable of slicing through virtually any substance. So mechanically, that gives that weapon, reduces the critical rating by one, and gains pierce one. Maybe it falls short, a bit like what 
Chris says for some of the other qualities, like, oh yeah, mo- one molecule slicing through anything, Pierce one. That's it. <laughs> Critical one, yeah. uh, minus one, maybe a bit more. Probably. Maybe. maybe. You know, only for 150, though. So maybe for every 150, it uh, and maybe you increase that's what that. You can. Well, you can. I mean, you probably can maybe. then. But Yeah. Add it multiple mm. times. I don't know. Anyway, maybe maybe talk to your GM about it. <laughs> yeah. Feels That's just weak. our opinion. That yeah, feels weak sauce, too. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, remember, these are cumulative, so there are other yeah. things that people could take. And I think the idea is to keep that Pierce rating at a modicum of some sort of normal number. Right. Uh, yeah. And I think mm-hmm. they, if you notice, there aren't many of them that have a Pierce rating. Uh, and those that do, it's yeah. it's either one or two, right? Um, yeah. So that you can't add them up to get a Pierce of six, um, right? <laughs> and I think that's yeah. that's. Purposeful. I mean, I would probably I would probably do to make a katana. I would probably do adaptive, bloodthirsty, and mono, mono edged, right? I mean, yeah, it could work. That would be there's, pretty. There's odd. others, but yeah, there are others probably. We'll see. Okay, so. Let, let me see. So this next one this gets into the this gets into some weirdness because you're able to strike across numerous d- dimensions with this weapon, um, or it possessed or it has like multiple barrels, um, delivering a terrible assortment of hits <laughs> of a low on the target. That's awesome. I like that terrible assortment of hits (laughs) so as maneuver you need to consume an ember to um, activate this quality this trait by the way Um, and you'll gain the linked three item quality until the end of the encounter linked three means yes you could spend advantage to do damage three times or Mm -hmm. but four sorry four times three more times than the first time um, but it does, it's going to add some encumbrance. It's going to add two encumbrance. It's going to make it a little, little wield, a little heavier, a little more mass, massive, mm-hmm. if you will. Um, and it's going to cost 400 kolaches. Mm-hmm. Right on. Um, yeah. Next is your lightsaber. I mean, it's radiant. Um, this weapon mm-hmm. employs a focused stream of energy that manifests a glowing stream of light. An angry blast of raw power or similar effect. <laughs> Radiant makes a buzzing noise when you swing it. Yes, it, um, <laughs> it, it has uh, plus one damage. It gains burn one and has stun two because it's so bright. Right. And uh, and uh, 250 extra um, uh, hash coins. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah, my weapon so so right. I have to wear shades. <laughs> Go ahead, Steph. Yes. So the next one is rapid. So the weapon gains auto fire for four hundred. I know. So these weapons can activate in repeated succession and can are capable of striking multiple files with a single attack or hitting on one target repeatedly. <laughs> Love to you, pressure. Chris. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> oh shit! All That's right, shit. then, then, then we'll go to the next one, um, which is called Reaper's Sigil. Sigil, 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 
Whatever. Sigil. Tomato. Come on, Tomato. dude. Whatever, Come dude. Hey, this is my this is my time. This is my time. <laughs> you, you do it on your time. <laughs> right. You order a pizza on your time. No. <laughs> um. So um, here's a special fucking rule. What I tell you, Tony? You could put special rules in the goddamn this a table like this. Uh-huh. Right? Why didn't they do that for the other ones? Laziness. Laziness. They could have. They totally okay. could have. Okay. Somebody put more thought into this one, and they didn't in the others. I'm upset. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Anyways. Okay, so add a boost die to combat checks after a target is defeated or killed. I like that. For only 50. That's kind of cool. So, yeah. So, what does it say with the reaping? Like, many demons feed on the energies of terror. No greater fear than a moment of death. Um, used in a check that defeats or kills an enemy or minion group. Um, huh, interesting. Yeah, till the end of the encounter. So what are we talking here? Narratively, I mean, would this um, sigil like come out of the weapon when you kill somebody and their souls go in there? I just watched Mortal Kombat Friday night, the first one. Your soul is mine. You know, where he like sucks his soul out. Is that kind of what's going on here? Is that why people, why you'll get your boost die? Maybe. Could be. Could be. Don't sure. All right. Next is Savage. <laughs> Wielder's Fury is channeled into their strikes when using these weapons. Attacks made without discipline may not always strike home, but they can be terrifyingly effective when they do. So, the Savage weapon, plus one damage, gains the inferior one quality. But, Vicious one. Plus 100 hash coins. Good. All right. So the next one up is Seeking. Seeking, you shall find. Some weapons are capable of tracking the target, no matter what motion they take to escape. This may be due to spiritual connection to their prey or technological innovation that lets them identify and follow their prey. Oh. Homes in and locks in on their signal, body signature, heat, uh, silhouette, whatever. Uh, so that gives the weapon guided three, which means it gets to almost oh, like a, a skill of three to try and hit again if it misses. It also increases the range uh, for, uh, for both range and gunnery uh, of the weapon by one band for uh, 500 simoleons. Nice. Mm-hmm. Nice. What's up, Chris? Then the next. next one is shielding, which mechanically it will give you a defensive one and deflection of one quality for just 100 of those ambits. Um, so... <laughs> Yeah, um, so yeah, they uh, incorporate defensive measures to protect your wielders. Um, better to, pr- you know, pairing incoming attacks or deflecting, um, you know, incoming blaster bolts with your radiant saber mm-hmm. <laughs> there, Tony. <laughs> right on. Right? What's next? Oh, dude, singular. <laughs> um, so. No, no. Oh, shocking. Sorry, I missed no. I missed that. My bad. Skip one. <laughs> shocking. 
<gasps> I'm shocked that I did that. I'm sorry, guys. Uh, the weapon employs <laughs> bolts and fields of electrical energy that disturb most nervous systems. Um, yeah, so it gains slow firing one. Weird, but okay. I'm, I'm starting to understand it, maybe. No, I don't understand that part. Um, but the um, stun four, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So, and uh, minus 50 to the cost. But I, what I was saying was that we're getting to the ones that reduce the cost. Uh, and here's one of them. The other one, Stefan? Yes, the next one is Singular. It gains the limited ammo one. Uh, instead of being a straight minus, it's uh, times 25, so it reduces the cost by 25%. And that means that, uh, let me go back to the page there. So singular, the weapon is a grenade or other thrown device. Alternatively, it may have a unique power supply that exhausts or melts down after one use. This weapon can only be used once, no matter what, including including this trait. The weapon's final price, including this trait, reduces the the weapon's final price to 25%. Uh, of its base price. So one quarter its base price, not yeah. reduces it by one no, quarter. No, sorry. Yeah, I, I, I misread that. And that including all other traits rounded up. So you do the whole steps of adding all the other traits, if appropriate, then reducing it uh, to 25% of the base price. And of course, with that being a minimum of mm-hmm. the, the base price of the weapon. Right. Exactly. All right. What's next, Chris? We have a spectral, which Ooh. is um, you can only guess that it has a ghostly nature. This weapon does. Um, either it's like uh, um, whether it is truly a spiritual weapon or whatnot, or it just is out of phase. Um, that's up for you to choose. Um. Makes it far easier to wield. And um, you can overcome foe's defenses much easier because of it. Um, because it does... Um, it's lighter because it's ghostly. So it um, lessens the encumbrance by one. Um, it's more defensive. Adds defensive one. Why? I don't know. That's interesting. Hmm. But against Pierce one or quality there so um well i could defensive one is a little confusing to me though i could see it a bit like a a fencing weapon because it's you know it's made with maybe a high-tech web high-tech materials or it is lighter easier to wield and block someone uh someone's incoming attack and of course to aim at vital points so pierce one as well it could be one way of explaining it that i can see totally yeah okay cool right on Okay, so like the next one's like sticky. <laughs> wow. <laughs> yeah, sticky icky man. So <laughs> the weapon um, includes some adhesive effect, which causes the targets to become trapped in viscous threads or gooey liquid. Man, cool. So uh, yeah, the uh, the sticky weapon reduces the uh, damage by three. So yeah, but it gains in snare too. 
and it reduces that cost down minus 100 smackerinos. Your goo gun. Yeah, basically. <laughs> gooey, gooey. You know, this is caramel. Like we can only get out of it by eating it. <laughs> but I'm diabetic. Darn. <laughs> All right. Then the next one is transdimensional. Uh, so it consumes one ember or any kind of resources to gain breach one. Big gun in, in this one. Yeah, for a total of 1,200 simoleons. So the actual text will explain a bit more. So maybe advanced scientific principles or arcane rituals or a mix of the two enable this weapon to transcend physical reality and project a force that destabilizes the target's dimensional existence. As a maneuver, the wielder may consume the ember. Uh, this weapon then gains breach one weapon quality until the end of the encounter. So that, that means uh, most people's you know, personnel armor, yeah, you can ignore that. Any kind of personal soak. Uh, it'll take 10 points of soak for them to, uh, to stop even one point of damage. Yep. Yeah, that armored yeah. personnel carrier coming your way too, you might even be able to like put your put your yep. radiant, radiant saber through that too. Easily yeah, enough. <laughs> exactly. So you'll be able to go through one point of uh, vehicle armor. Planetary scale, basically. Uh, soak. <laughs> that is awesome. Well, yep, the last so. thing that we have on our list here is Venomouse. Venomous. <laughs> um, um, it adds a damage. It adds a deleterious effect to the weapon. For just 300 of those poisonous mm -hmm. kalachis um, mm -hmm. that you're eating, so be careful. Um, when you do, um, basically, you know, choose your, pick your poison. <laughs> Literally, pick your poison. Um, and mechanically speaking, um, if it does inflict a wound, now, like a critical injury, crit you can't inflict a critical unless you inflict a wound on the target. This is the same thing, so... Yeah. Um, this is like a damaging poison, right? Like a wounding poison, if you will. Um, they'll the target will need to make a hard resilience check, and if they fail, they're gonna suffer five more wounds, um, plus one strain per threat, threat they generate on mm -hmm. their resilience check. And if that check um produces a uh despair, then they have to make a resilience check at the start of their next turn or suffer the same effects. Yeah. So fair and this nasty. Is, and, and this is not soakable. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, not soakable. And and you've and we've seen this effect on I think Venom uh, Venom of Dag uh, Dagger of Venom. Venom of Dagger. <laughs> Dagger of Venom. Um, you know, any creatures we've seen with poison attacks. Um basically yeah. this is yeah. right along yeah. in those lines, right? There are snakes and spiders. Oh my. Yeah. <laughs> and assassins. Yes. Absolutely. Right on. So that's the list of the ones that were on the chart. But I mean, how does this all work? I mean, we gotta build something, right? Yeah. Uh so yeah we do. I gave us a little challenge, and it's right in our episode um, name, 
And that is, we're going to build the ZF1. That is right, the Zorg Industries ZF1. Mm-hmm. Uh, when you uh, when you absolutely must get vengeance on your enemies, it is the choice of the galaxy. Um, now, I have we will include in the show notes uh, if you've never seen the movie The Fifth Element. Um, mm-hmm. There is a brief clip from YouTube of uh, <laughs> of the sales pitch for the ZF1. <laughs> yeah, it's freaking brilliant. <laughs> so um, good. And uh, let's let's start off now. Um, you watch the clip. You'll know that the weapon has uh, it's a it's a fully automatic two handed rifle with a arrow launcher, a flamethrower and an iceberg system. Right. <laughs> and a net yep. launcher. It's got a bunch yep. of shit. It has. All but what's this little red button here? <laughs> uh, exactly. Well, uh, see, that's a secret feature that you don't that a true warrior asks about. Exactly. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> <laughs> so you said it there, Tony. We start off with. The two-handed weapon, the base, That's right? The base weapon range weapon is a two-handed ranged weapon. That's right. So our base price is going to be 500 pieces of awesome. Yes, with a damage base of six, right. a crit rating of three, right. and a range of medium, mm-hmm. and a rarity of three. Yeah, as a base. As a base. Right. base and an base. encumbrance of three. And in the numbers of three, that's right. We have to worry about that, too, don't we? Okay, so first thing, it has auto fire. That thing shoots a lot of bullets super fast, right? Well, yeah, so rapid. Absolutely. Yeah, it's got to be. Yeah, it's rapid. Yeah, we have to add that. Yeah, we're going to crank that on there. That gives us auto, that gains auto fire, but it increases Mm -hmm. the price by 400. We're up to 900. Mm -hmm. Um, It's a fucking flamethrower, man. Oh, yeah. It's got to have flaming, doesn't it? Flaming! It's a flaming weapon. Okay. <laughs> flaming weapon. <laughs> so we add that on. Now, what's that add, homie? That is going to add one damage. It okay. gains the burn quality and 350 collapses. Burn, burn two, by the way. Right. Oh, yeah. Burn two. Sorry. Yeah, burn two. 350, so we're up to 1,250 on yep. the system. Would we? I don't know if we would consider it double-barreled because it really doesn't fire the same thing twice. <laughs> well, I mean, if you wanted to add different things, right? If you wanted to add you the know? double-barreled for the difference between the bullets and the mm-hmm. arrows, but really that's a narrative effect, right? It's it got really the arrows. But I, yeah. you know, I would almost fuck, dude. I would almost do the multiplexing, <laughs> fucking linked three. You could do all of that shit <laughs> four times. Okay, multiplexing. Maybe. What do you think? Is yeah, that we may not? Yeah, we may not have seen all the features. Well, well, hang on a second. Wait a second. Before that, it is seeking. Yeah. Right. I mean, come on. He yeah. fires when you once. see the. Yeah. When, when you, you see the clip, clip and then he turns yeah. around. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, that is it. That is a qual. That is a quality okay. that needs to be. So under. seeking it has guided three increases the range. For ranged weapons and gunnery weapons yeah. by run. So it's so going to the long, long range now. Yeah, that, that's, range weapon that's with an extra 500 simoleons. So 1750. And you're saying add multiplexing to it so that we can count, well, come into uh, being able to use the, the, the narrative of the different systems. Yeah, but he like, only uses them one at a time. He does. Maybe not multiplexing then. Okay. Mm. Maybe not. All right. Um, what? It's got the iceberg system too. With the net launcher, both of those are kind of themed exactly the same. Maybe mm-hmm. sticky. 
Jeez. But it, but that but that will reduce this. But that'll reduce. Hmm. Let's instead go with in uh the other one, the ensnare or what was the other ensnaring one? Uh, oh, they're magnetic. Yeah. Magnetic. Magnetic. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. And they're just reskin the magnetic, yeah. Then he can do stun damage if he wants to. Mm-hmm. Right. And I don't think we need to give it deflection. It doesn't really have a deflection quality. So we'll just drop yeah. that off. Um GM choice. I mean you're giving it a fourth feature. Why don't you why don't you why don't you why don't we get rid of deflection one and increase ensnare to three? That sounds good. Yep. So ensnare yes. three and uh two fifty uh, for the cost. Fifty. So mm-hmm. grand total of two thousand um euro bucks. Yeah, mm-hmm. dude. For this um, thing. But it's a it's a rapid seeking flaming <laughs> ice shooting net launching yeah ranged weapon that goes out the long range. It does uh-huh. a base damage of seven, a crit rating of three. Um, it has burn two and snare three, stun damage. Yeah. Guided, linked. Yeah. Nasty. That's pretty sweet. Would it be for for a narrative effect? Sorry, to, uh, Chris. No, you no could fact. give it. You could give it the explosive quality for you, but it's only uh, like a self destruct. If only only if someone actually presses the button, <laughs> and well, like all the all the ammo inside or whatever good. explodes. Could, you know, we could we could give it instead of just calling it explosive, we just call it self destruct, and it does yeah. the base weapon damage. That's it. Yeah, blast. shiny red button. That's what we call it. <laughs> Well, that's why they're so cheap. So it has that little feature right there that kind of reduces the cost a little bit. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but it'll still max out your multipads. So that's how you can multi-pass. afford four crates. Of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, there is that. Uh, I don't see multi-pass. anything else on here other than bloodthirsty. Nah. That would. But mm-hmm. now nah, I think I think so. we've covered all of the all of the. the yep. <laughs> So voila, that's your ZF1, and um, that's pretty much it for the weapons. And now we've made a kind of decision here on the fly that we're going to go ahead and split this into two shows. So uh, stay tuned next time for our regular scheduled uh, show topic, uh, which will be in a month, and we'll go over the armors in that section. To the next segment that we call On the Slab. And in this segment of our show, Tony chooses an adversary from one of the many, many books of Genesis and we dissect it bit by bit. So, Tony, what's on the slab today? Dude, it's totally cool! All right, so we got this <laughs> Ember Drake, right? Page 220 of Key Forge Secrets of the Cube Crucible. Big mm. motherfucker! All right, this thing is huge. A nemesis. This huge multi-winged reptiles appear in some of the earliest accounts of life on the Crucible. In tales of flying terrors eager to devour Ember and ferociously guard their feeding grounds from would-be prospectors. Air travelers often employ lookouts just to watch for the far-off blasts of their Ember fire, 
which usually indicate an attack is imminent. <laughs> right. So what these the? beasties are one of the few creatures, again, in Genesis, that have uh, a, a, a rank or sorry, a ranking in a um, trait that is higher than five with their brawn of six. Ooh. Agility three, intellect one, cunning, willpower, and presence of two. They're a brute. Right. Yeah, but <laughs> I'm I'm I don't think the brawn six is what truly makes them brutish. The next stat does. Oh, <laughs> soak ten. What the fuck, yeah. Tony? You might as well, okay. you know, just just give them armor one. <laughs> well, yeah. that's yeah. what they did because these things are vehicle hunters. All right, so they have a wound threshold. Of 41. Mm-hmm. <laughs> All right. A strain threshold of 30. Wow. Melee defense of zero. A range defense of one. Nice. All right. right. Skill wise, athletics two, brawl three, cool one, perception two, range three, survival two. Again, these are just brutes, man. They're mm-hmm. used to, they're just hunting, consuming, and defending their territory. Nasty I mean, yeah, I mean that brawl three, right? That big fucking claw is coming in with three yellows and three greens. Yeah, without even doing anything else. <laughs> oh, and, and that's what and the hell. If you thought they weren't tough enough with their, because you know they didn't have a lot of defense because they don't have a lot of armor. Ah, guess what? <laughs> Adversary two. Well, yeah. <laughs> Boom. But what really makes these things shine is this ability right here. Their special ability, the Ember Belly. A character may make a hard survival check to open up a freshly slain Ember Drake and remove two Ember per success, five per triumph from the check in this way. Right. Or five, five per triumph spent in this way. Mm-hmm. Um, that right there. Okay, so these things, this is. What this is the creature, the only creature that I've found so thus far that has a in its ability has a harvested resource inside of it. That's great. and that is really what we're trying to reskin here and on the slab. Um, okay, that's cool. I like it. So the other abilities, flyer, we've seen that before. Yeah. Uh, it uses the simple fly rules. Um, silhouette four. What the fuck? It's a yeah. vehicle. Hang on a minute. Okay. What the hell is the size of that? Gosh damn it. Silhouette four. Okay. Yeah. Let I me mean, put that in terms of uh for you. In uh-huh. um in Star Wars, your light freighters are silhouette yeah. four. Yeah. What the hell? That's great. So it's the size of Millennium Falcon. Mm-hmm. It's big Zeppelins. Motherfucker. Three masted sailing frigates. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's yeah, big okay. motherfucker. All right. Big motherfucker. Mm-hmm. All right. So next ability. Because it's got more. <laughs> I Tail love flick. the name of. I love the name of that. Tail flick. <laughs> yep. What does that do? May Tony? spend a triumph on a successful brawl check. So, in other words, it's brawling you with its claw, right? It's coming at you with this big, massive claw. Scores a triumph. Hey, guess what? You're getting hit with a tail flick too. Yep. So tail just flicks around and whoosh. <laughs> yep. This may spend a triumph on a successful brawl combat check to inflict one critical hit on a vehicle with of silhouette three or less at medium range. Okay, just to give you guys a, a tractor trailer. 
freaking Optimus <laughs> Prime is still yeah. in three. Yeah. They can tail flick Optimus Prime. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let you know. Yeah. A jet Boom. starfighter. He could tail flick an F-18. Yeah. Starscream. Starscream. Tail flick. So these things are, again, that's a great. creature that's designed to fight vehicles. Yeah. <laughs> terrifying appearance. They're not their oh. last ability here. Oh. So the terrifying appearance is the upgraded version of frightening. Um, mm. At the start of the encounter, all opponents must make an upgraded, upgraded twice by its adversary ranks. See, they oh, yeah. did it here, too, like I've said to do before. Upgraded. That's to daunting mm-hmm. uh, fear check. So two red, two purple as an out of turn incidental. And you may see, must see page 243 of Genesis core rulebook for the rules on fear. If there are multiple, multiple sources of fear in the encounter, the opponents only have to make one fear check against this thing because it's the most fearsome thing around. Which is, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm guessing that. Okay. Yeah, so, so if your player characters have weapon. uh, pretty uh, powerful vehicles this is something that can go up against the power armors and stuff like Mm -hmm. that oh hell yeah small attack choppers (laughs) this is definitely not something you're going to throw at weak low-level players and i'll I'll get into why um it's but equipment wise here it's attacks we got an ember fire breath ranged is the skill damage base of eight a critical base of two ranged of the weapon is long with the following qualities blast six breach one burn three slow firing one nasty yeah okay um then it's got its jaws this is where it gets nastier uh the jaws are a brawl weapon damage 11 crit three range is short it's got that really long neck yeah (laughs) And then what makes homie cry? Breach two. Yeah. <laughs> I was just checking out. Nah. So I went to the core book, looked at an aerospace superiority fighter. Starscream. It has an armor of two. It's not right. going to do shit against this nope. guy. Yeah. So <laughs> remember paper, the classic. Paper airplane. Um, remember <laughs> the classic amazing stories yeah. um, line of magazines that came out in the early 80s. Mm. And there was yeah. a one short story that was in there about an F-18 fighter pilot fighting a dragon. Yeah. That. You could play that out. You could play yeah, there's that a out. Drag, like, yeah. There's a dragon magazine that, that does a cover, yeah. Last, last, uh, last item that they have here, and it's built into the stat block, is the scales that give it a plus four to soak. Hence mm. the brawn of six plus four to the soak because of the scale. Soak ten. Got it. Yes. Okay, so... Well, how the hell do I transform and transmute this thing to other to other games? I mean, to other mm-hmm. systems. Well, again, you're not doing a lot of vehicle care, uh, combat in Terranoth, but this would still be like the ultimate dragon, right? In Terranoth. Oh, yeah. This oh, would be, yeah. and you want it to have like a, a mineable resource in Terranoth. Mm-hmm. So what I made, reskinning it, is the Rune Drake. Oh, that's cool, dude. Um, so you have the rune drake. This think of it as uh, the mineable resource is you actually can harvest a rune from this thing if you make that hard yeah. um, 
survival check to harvest the rune from this thing's skin when you kill it. In Tiernoth, do they have do they they have like fire runes? Do they have ice runes? They have different. They do. Like yeah, they've runes. got. So you could totally different runes. You could totally reskin this to like an uh, the ice breath, or but to have like an ice rune inside, right? GMs, you could of, totally have your players, yeah. you know, hunt one of these things for a long time. Take an airship full of troops. Fight mm-hmm. the airship with this thing. Just an epic encounter. Um, but yeah, um, that one easy. Okay, another one I thought of would be uh, like in a mythic setting. We call it the Hydra of Prometheus because being Prometheus, that mm-hmm. he's the one who you know gave fire to man. Um, so there's some sort of magic inside this creature, some sort of permanent boost to you. Uh, as a player, maybe it's a you know um, a magic item that's that's harvested from this creature, or maybe it's a um, maybe just the blood. Maybe it's, it's just the creature's harvested. blood could be harvested, yeah, harvested to give yeah. you uh, a super, temporary superpower of some kind, or a you know mythic yeah, or, ability. Yeah, maybe the blood represents you know uh, uh, specific story points you can spend that are you know once they're spent they're they're gone. Yeah. Either way, that is. It's a mineable resource yeah. from this creature. And again, being as large as it is and as nasty as it is, it really fits a mythic setting True. with gods and sorcerers of great power and, and, and demigods and all, all of that. You know, the Greek yeah. mythology or the, yep, or the Norse mythology. Super yeah. huge dragon. Yeah, because you can imagine big heroes like Achilles and Hercules, they, they, they could probably be doing a lot of damage that could go through that soak oh, yeah, given, or being given a, a special weapon that's just made for the hydra you know the special sword given by zeus you can you can Question destroy is, it only you can wield it you know what i'd right. like to see i would like to see Kilzak go up against a ring <laughs> see if he can one shot the fucker maybe maybe now that i hear about it okay so um uh and then the next one i thought of because uh, you know I, I do when i think about android okay well how can i bring this giant dragon thing well come on come on android it's a robot right it's mm-hmm. this huge robotic creature i got it like a draco s rad is what i wrote it up as which is self-repairing assault drone and and so let's think of it as this like autonomous um, thing that some mad roboticist has made and just let loose on a city. And yeah. you know, it, militaries it, are worried about this thing. You could almost call it an S rack. Right. Instead of a drone, you can call it a craft. It's so freaking big. <laughs> it is. It, you know, there could be a net runner inside that you're trying that you have to get out of there. Maybe it's a you know, a trapped net runner, one of those guys that's kind of a ghost in the net yeah. type person, or you could even have um, an AI, a self-repairing, um, harvestable um, nanobots that do the same effect as kind of what Ember would do. Is they fuel some effect in certain other weapons. If you really got advanced with your, yeah, in the technology side of your cutting, yeah, cutting engine. edge technology, that it could be a huge thing with you. Uh, Instead of the wings, uh, uh, kind of uh, rotors that tilt, and, uh, and then the, that long tail could be just another type of energy whip. <laughs> right on. Again, it, think of this thing is basically a mechanized kaiju. 
right? Yeah. So, oh, yeah. <laughs> and and in in a in a, a very uh, Japano-centric um, game, if you set it in Neo Tokyo, you mm. totally <laughs> could have somebody do this easily, like Mecha Godzilla, right? Right. Yeah. Yeah. In a in an advanced technology world, you know the Japanese. I know my grandmother's yeah. Japanese. My dad's Japanese. Totally would make something like this if they could. Just say yeah. That. <laughs> yeah. Make a make a Mothra. <laughs> Last one, I kind of thought, well, why didn't, what would I theme this for for Primordial Machina? And honestly, it'd be exactly the same, except for the words Ember Belly, it would be Fey Crystal Belly. Because seriously, it's a crystal yep. drake. It's, yeah. it's, it's a, it's a mm-hmm. draconic creature that has been feeding on Fey Crystal and mutated. Yep. And yep. grown yep. large in size and savage. Mm-hmm. And and it's got a belly full of fake crystal and you're going to send an entire airship or a group piloting machina out to hunt this thing. Yep. And it's going to be them guys in vehicles versus this thing. Yeah. That'd be a sweet <laughs> ass fight, dude. So oh, God. that is today's on the slab. Nice. <laughs> Welcome to Advantageous Threats. This is a show segment that everybody loves. It's where we build, roll, and narrate some die results from sample skill checks for our entertainment. Not really care whether it's for yours. <laughs> we love it. <laughs> ah, no, we hope I, you do. I've heard, I've heard from a lot of our fans that they like it too. But um, mm-hmm. good. This time, I will run Stefan and Chris through a brief scenario that I've set in the Android setting. They'll be using a couple of the pre-gens from my Chrysalis Crisis adventure that I wrote three years ago for Con of the Cop. Yeah, at least. Um, these pre-gens that you guys are playing. Which ones did you pick? Let's start with you, Stefan. I chose Pandora. She's a uh, cyborg uh, career soldier. Specializing, of course, in uh, usually heavy guns the heavier the better and she's got quite a bit of uh hardware on her with cyber legs and arms and other cyber organs nice and of yep. course pink hair with pigtails of course and a monofilament katana uh charge crystal katana excuse me nice with a glow of course that matches her hair <laughs> right on <laughs> all right chris who'd you choose well, well, I've got Zane Tunes. Call me Tooney. I'm from, I'm from Luna. Um, I'm a grifter. I basically talk people into giving up stuff that they want that that, that they really don't want anyway or whatever. Um, do you owe the? Don't tell the tell tell anybody, but I kind of owe the the Japanese mob money. I kind of like the one-armed bandits. Uh, uh, I'm going to win someday. I just know it. Um, 
I'm not pretty. I'm not really good with computers or anything like that. But you know, really, all you really need are lockpicks. You really get in anywhere, or you know, you charm the right guard or whatever. They'll let you in anyway. Who cares? It's all about the con. It's all about the con, the long con. And if you I, can't open it the door, I'll blast it open. And it and wouldn't that's be. That's why I've got Pandora with me. It would because, be. Uh, <laughs> it wouldn't be uh, Android without the. What does he look like? By golly, he's walking around with a mohawk and mirror shades, man. <laughs> that is true. That is what he looks like. Yeah, he does. He has a. Oh, that that all oh, that picture is awesome. I love it. Yeah, right. mohawk and mirror shades. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so um, you guys have been been hired by lunar crime boss Nyango Spear to, to procure a rack of Star Sparrow interceptor missiles from Port McNair on the far side of the Challenger planetoid. Blah, say that seven times fast. Mm-hmm. Um, so out on the Challenger planetoid, uh, which is the the thing that's at the at the end end of, of the elevator, right? Space beanstalk. It's also got a nickname as the castle, right? Because it's mm. the castle at the end of the beanstalk. Okay, right. okay. Um, and this is just a small panel, planetoid with microgravity, which might as well be zero G. Um, and it's There's no place like on the far side of it, which is the side that never sees Earth, is uh, this military base called Port McNair. And they have these defensive missile batteries. Um, which are pretty famous, um, that you're, that are used to to shoot down hostile incoming missiles. They're known as Star Sparrows. Uh, and um, you've been hired to procure a rack of them for this uh, crime boss on Luna. So he happens to know a guy who's going to be able to uh, help you get into the facility, a zero-G storage bunker on the far side of the planet. Um, So what we're going to be doing, though, is planning that heist. Okay. So um, we're going to do this in what we like to call a skill challenge. So with two of you, uh, we're going to ask for uh, we'll go with nine accrued successes before you have three failed checks. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, the the this is an infiltration and also kind of a um a, it's a theft, right? Yep. So we're gonna need to have uh, a list of skills for that, and that list of skills that I have is going to include stealth. Skullduggery, deception, uh, any uh, silent weapon skill. If you use a non-silent weapon skill, it will be upgraded. Okay. So, so if you're using like melee, brawl, or if you're using a silenced weapon that you've specifically purchased, um, then range light could come in handy. Obviously, you cannot silence a long-range weapon. Um, so, uh, there. Uh, so, a silent weapon skill. Mm-hmm. Uh, then uh, we also have listed um, computers hacking. Right. 
And do you guys have one you'd like to add to the list? I left the last spot open for player input. <clears throat> I have well, an idea if you guys don't come up with it. Well, let's see here. I'm not looking at my skill list. Um, uh-huh. I'm looking at the list you've come in here. So for infiltration and theft, we have stealth, skullduggery, deception, silent weapon skill. I, I was thinking... I was thinking, uh, since we're planning ahead uh, with athletics, which we sometimes have to deal or and or coordination, since you have to deal with microgravity. You know, I like I like athletics only because it's both um, getting the stuff that we're needing out. Because mm-hmm. these are big. How big are these missiles? I mean, because it's probably like a rack. Yeah, pretty, and because big, uh, it is going to be in zero g. I'm thinking athletics, maybe coordination. Excellent, you, you guys. So if you or hadn't both. chosen, if you hadn't chosen athletics, that was the skill I was going to add. Ah, there we go. So very hive, nice. The hive mind. <laughs> All right. So go. stealth, skullduggery, deception, silent weapon skills, and athletics are the listed skills. Now those are all going to be average difficulty. Anything else beyond that? Difficulties up in the up in the air. Great. Got it. Okay. Um, now. We'll do this in rounds, and we're just going to go uh, in um, alphabetical order. So uh, that means that G comes before H, Mr. Last Name. Stefan, you go first. All right. All right, then. So she's planning ahead a little bit. We'll start with the athletics, see how that pans out. And, uh, how she didn't think of uh, getting in. She's not used to microgravity. Uh, We'll see. Try that. She'll try that. She's got a, a yellow and three, four green. She's got a the good, uh, a good brawn, a five brawn. So she, she's a, a strong girl. All right. And so an average difficulty. You. And okay. I would and give then- her. A, I would give her an, uh, an automatic setback, which she's just a, it's a new setting for her, microgravity. She's used to well, 1G, 1G gravity. As a matter of fact, because of the microgravity, you are going to have uh, innately on any physical skills while performing the act are going to have two setback dice. All right. So there we go. And now you guys have a store, uh, two story points, and I have one on my side. So, uh, are you going uh, to be upgrading your pool at all? No, I think I'm good with it. Okay. You as well. Mm-hmm. All right, so let's do it. I have my phone app to do this. Um, the Genesis app, which recently was free for uh, on iTunes and uh, not that, but the for Apple and uh, Android, if anyone. Can awesome. still check it out. It might still be free. That's pretty cool. Yep. Uh, awesome. All right. So no. So unfortunately, no successes, uh, but three advantage. All right. Awesome. So the first failed check of your three failed checks. This is going swimmingly. Yeah. <laughs> How many successes do we need? <laughs> uh, nine. Nine. <laughs> it's ain't an easy one. Oh, You're stealing no. from a military base. Yeah. In. In space. Yeah. In space. <laughs> Just so, the two of them. Exactly. 
So I'll I'll pass along the, the three advantage, two advantage to to uh, my buddy uh, there, uh, Tuni, and one advantage, the other advantage as a boost dice to whoever acts next. <laughs> oh, I see how you do that. Right. So I <laughs> yeah. get two boost dice to this. All right. Yeah. Most excellent. Okay. Well uh, then, um, I am having not... garnered a bit of information on zero g microgravity a bit. I don't know. Well, 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 you're. First off, you first you can't use brute brute strength in zero g. You, no. you <laughs> fucking idiot! Good lord! I'm gonna use I'm using I'm using um coordination. Um, I do not get the two setback dice because I am a low g adept and I do not count zero g environments as difficult terrain. And I do get to add a boost die to coordination of checks. Whoa! Made in low you get g three boost die to your freaking roll. Uh huh. And I have one, one, yeah, one, um, one athletics, one, one in, one yellow and two green, and right. it was not on the list. So I'm guessing it's a hard check at least, right? Uh, coordination is a hard check. Okay. Correct. It is not on the list. So would you like to um, do anything to this? It is going to be hard. Uh, no, I think it, since it's your natural environment, I am not going to upgrade this check. I mean, you were born on the moon. You know, low G. Uh, yeah. Okay, we are canceling that and that out. Um, I have a success with um two advantage. All right. Um, which I will um pass a boost die on to um Pandora's next check with one right. advantage and i would like to spend an advantage to gain a little extra information maybe i in the zero g i went up as we were maneuvering around i found out maybe something i didn't realize before okay who knows um so yeah um one thing you didn't realize before is that the bunkers are built upside down the gravity that is the microgravity that they have actually pulls away from earth because it's spin gravity uh, so the buildings on the off side of this planetoid are built with their roofs on the gr on the ground and the floors on the inside of these so you're looking at everything upside it, down yes they're using some tripodal force shit you know yep so when like that what your natural thought process would be well we break in the roof we go down no that's the floor so there's not going to be access points on the roofs of these buildings because that's the actual floor. So that helps. Mighty then. All right. Yep. So we're at one success after round one. We're at one success and one failed check. Okay. Um, so round two, Stefan, what yeah. is uh, yeah. Pandora doing? All right. Pandora now going to use her, her melee skills. She's pretty uh, handy with that katana. Mm-hmm. Right, so and it's got, a, maybe there's some guards in the area you got to cut yep, down. Yep, yep, and it's a very silent weapon, so not a now, obviously there. being space, um, or being mm -hmm. a, an environment where there's there's no uh, these are these are drones. You're not actually cutting down a dude, right? So just let you know. All right, that. All right. Down. not a problem. And I, and I get a boost die from my friend Tooney. Okay, so these drones being out here. They're, uh, they have a little bit of extra shielding 
because of their um, the environment that they're in. So right. you're going to go ahead and add a setback die for their armor. All right. All right, then. Not a problem. So we had a boost die, a setback dice, three green, two yellow, and two purple. How many, uh, how many setback dice do you have? One setback dice. You need two more because you're in zero G still. Uh, do I add uh, the two more, Tony? Yes, yeah, you do. Check. All, right, all right. All right. Any physical checks in right. zero jet gravity. All right. And I'm going to spend a story point this time and upgrade. Yes. One of these. Yep, yep, yep. Remove that these one. Are just, and... These are just minion drones, so there's no adversary to worry about. So you should be all right. All right, <laughs> so let's go. Two successes. Nice. And but three threat. All right, so the three threat is cutting into these things with your charged crystal katana has put a level of damage on the weapon. Ooh. Right. You've cut a, right. a group of these drones down yeah. uh, that you just like slide silently out there in the freaking cold of space, just <laughs> cutting these things down. But in the process, you put a level of damage on your charged crystal katana. Yeah. So well, it'll have it. setback dice for the remainder of the encounter. All right. All right. So, yeah. Uh, so until it's repaired, actually. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, but at least she's cleared the way. So. Nice. <laughs> well, keep them off of me, damn it. Um, so I would like to um, break into this place. Would this be an electronic locker latch or is it a mechanical locker latch? That ah, it's that a combination of both, actually. Okay, then. Um, let me tell you what I do have. The lockpick set, add, I get to add a, an advantage to mechanical locks. And with my lock breaker talent, I get to add two successes to electronic locks. So I'll be able to add both of those then, right? this skullduggery check you will okay excellent all right let me build this up then it's going to be first off it's going to be average because we're doing a narrative use of the skullduggery check for now normally if we were doing this in a structured encounter you'd roll both of those checks um to do both but we're doing both so okay. you're you're doing both and because of that i'm going to auto upgrade once so red yeah under red um you know and do we have a we do have a story point on our side you right? do if so i will upgrade okay and then i'm going to spend a point so that you still have one on your side at the end of this because so two, it's military two red. two red okay and i think that's all i have okay so i have three yellow versus two red but i'm also adding two successes and an advantage to this check too okay uh -huh. And I don't have any setback dice being in zero G because mm -hmm. I'm from the fucking moon. <laughs> All right, here we go. Oh, shite buckets. Um, I have three successes, two threat. Okay, so <clears throat> three successes puts you at a grand total of six. Very nice. Two threat. So and that that that's after you balanced it with your two extra successes and the yes I got man. yeah so basically on the dice I had one success three threat and then I canceled I took out one threat with the one advantage and then I added two more successes so okay what uh, if you don't mind me what die did the the two um, advantage show up on or threat I don't know um you I only had two red. <laughs> Okay. So they were all red. It was only red uh, dice. So, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right. So the threat 
came yeah. on one of those upgraded die. And I'm going to say them. it came it came because you were trying to cut into this as Pandora was fighting those drones. Mm -hmm. So Damn. you took a bullet from oh. the drones. Damn. So I'll take a stray bullet. A stray flechette round, which is pretty silent out here, hits oh. you. So um, with your two threat, I'm going to throw two wounds at you. So that's two of 12. Ouch. Okay. So now, uh, taking a stray flechette out here, you're also mm -hmm. giving me a good reason to upgrade your next check. <laughs> All right. So uh, we're going into, that's round two. You guys are sitting at six successes of yep, the nine right. you need. And right. um, one but failed check. But we but are one in. One failed now. check. Well, you know, we still got the rest, the last round of this encounter. All right. well, let's let's start with Pandora. All right, Pandora. Uh, now, now that she's cleared the path for uh, most of the drones there, she's going to try some stealth. All right. And move stealthily uh, through this area. So she doesn't have any skill ranks, but she does have agility of four. So four green, the two purple, and two setback dice, of course. And what the hell? I'll upgrade once. Nice. Okay. All right. Okay, so uh, you, there are normally robots in this facility. They mm -hmm. don't require sight. The lights are off inside this facility. It right. is completely pitch black. So on top of it being zero G, mm -hmm. you now have the darkness to deal with. That's all right. I've got infiltrator goggles so that removes any kind of checks due to darkness or smoke. Uh, it removes any <laughs> oh any kind of setback dice from those checks. Excellent. Yep. Yeah. Up to all two. Right. Two setbacks. So, so she slaps those down. <laughs> and she walks. All right. So let's. All right. So let's do it. Yeah. All right. Woo! Three successes. Two yeah. threat. Two threat and a triumph. <laughs> All right. So well done. Well three done. successes. You get yep. in. And yep. the crates are there. Uh there's there's a crate mm -hmm. that is man portable that you have just enough uh between the two of you strength to get just weasel out of here. Uh no, oh. no, I have a oh, one got, I have a one brawn. I'm not gonna be helping. Sorry. She's that's okay. She's got big she's guns. Gonna, she's gonna she's be following the, me. He's got the big guns. I'll talent. be leading the way. I don't. I don't do. <laughs> sorry, I don't do manual labor. I talk. I tell. I talk, and everybody else to do it for me. Go ahead, follow me. Plus, plus <laughs> she's got load-bearing gear, cyberware, so. Yeah. Yes. But the heat of the moment, shit. trying to get in here and yeah. trying to get Toonie in here and pulling out some tape to cover up the the hole on his suit has caused you some strain. So take two strain for your two threat. All right. Not a problem. Awesome. And what do you want to do with that beautiful triumph at the end? Oh, well, with the triumph is that uh, for some reason, with all, while uh, uh, all of that was going on and uh, him bypassing the uh, the locks, uh, there was no security uh, alarms set off. It was on, for some reason, a, a diagnostic mode for a while. Nice. So you planned your op to occur right as the system was rebooting for its annual mm -hmm. software yeah. upgrade. 
uh, it, or biannual or whatever it is. Yeah. I've got to remember that guy as a contact. He had some good information. He was yeah. spot on with the with the fucking timing of that. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> right, right on. So. And honor goggles is the, uh, the the timer's like okay we don't have much time there babe let's go out let's get out of here. <laughs> All right, follow me. Very nice. I, I so, picked up a shortcut for us. <laughs> the mat. So the planning of this heist, you guys took it took it to the next level. You took it out right as you took these things right out as the system is upgrading. Um, mm-hmm. So narrate the whole scenario. You you're on your way in, and you run into some some threat of some some ground-based drones Mm -hmm. uh but you quickly cut them to pieces with your crystal katana while they're firing around you know a flechette rounds at you guys while toonie is cutting or cutting through the the locks um the electronic locks with his lock breaker and picking the physical lock with his lock pick set at the same time wham he gets hit in the ribs back side with a flechette round causing his uh suit to leak but the right as the door opens you go through this airlock you quickly yeah. rush to get a strip of tape on his um yeah, emergency his, tape his to patch his suit oh. and then the airlock finishes opening and dark room but there's one beautiful easy to lift for pandora's cyber bulk dar- uh, body yeah crate yeah. full of these missiles uh-huh. Yeah, yeah. She, un- she just uh, expertly unclips whatever you know uh, is holding it down onto the floor, clack, 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 onto her shoulder. All right, let's go. Excellent. <laughs> let's go, babe. So, tune in next time when they actually have to deliver the goods <laughs> and avoid the double cross. Nice. <laughs> Well, um, no, Stefan, we're not going to be doing that. And yes, I'm going to leave that off the show. I'm going to cut that out. Um, <laughs> so next time, so next time, we're going to have Tony's son Sean join us again when I run Tony, Stefan, and Sean through um, part three of Primeval Thule: Secret of the Moon Door, our actual play series. Um, probably one or two sessions of that um hope you guys are having fun with that I know oh yeah um it's pretty awesome stuff um mm-hmm. and uh yeah i guess with that was there any listener feedback or anything else we want to no uh, just um, no not this just week that little caveat you just uh, mentioned at the end of advantageous threats stuff and what was that oh yes uh notice that uh pandora's uh Katana is reinforced, so it would not have been damaged, but we can still use the threat to, say, her arm, her swinging arm. There you go. Uh, was slightly damaged. Mm-hmm. So that uh, that's where uh, she swung so hard that a couple of uh, servo engines uh, overheated or uh, sprung <laughs> a small leak. <laughs> she put her right idea exploded, and she put her arm up and, and yep. took some shrapnel. That, that's it. And that's that's important because players, mm-hmm. you got to pay attention to your your uh, your weapons abilities. And, uh, yeah. and tonight is a great example. You know, we, you can put all kinds of special qualities on those weapons, and when you have them there, you got to remember they're there. Reinforced, that, handy. Yep. You can't damage my shit. GM. Nope. Find a new nope. way to spend that freaking. That's it. Well, well, I did. Right. I didn't. I didn't have have the GMs do it. It's like ah, I can help the GM by by determining what else is damaged. So. That's right. It, it makes sense for the arm or the shoulder to, to be damaged. There you go. 
That's right. See, it's a cooperative game. Not yes. only us players cooperating with each other, we're cooperating with the GM <laughs> to have him screw us over or her screw us over. What's all about? Because you're all it's all about having fun, right? <laughs> yep. Yep. And being yeah. cool. That's right. Being cool, have fun. All right. So if you want to talk to us, you're gonna to have to reach out to us. Uh you can email us at finding the narrative podcast at gmail.com. You can speak to me and Stefan over on Facebook, Finding the Narrative. All three of us got a nice little chat going with Matt Grunswig and Jeremy Hall over there in uh, the uh, MeWe land. MeWe land. And uh, uh, you can also have a nice little chat with Stefan at uh, FTN underscore Genesis. And I have been chatting. Yeah, I have been chatting a bit with a few people there, Alexi and a few others, Cody and uh, a few others. Sometimes they're asking me questions, and uh, yeah, some good feedback there. Awesome. Right on. So recommend us to others at Finding the Narrative Podcast on Podbean, where we are at almost 60,000 downloads, gentlemen. Mm. Awesome. I know. And and I did look today to see just how many kind of followers we have, and we're at about 200-plus followers um, on Podbean, 200 plus on YouTube, 200 so on Facebook. We're, I mean, we're hitting, we're almost That's ready good. to start saying we have scores of listeners. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I, I'm impressed with you guys. My we are I'm legion. <laughs> we are legion. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, you can uh, Podbean, iTunes, YouTube, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Audible, Amazon Music, and more. Mm. So, uh, this is Tony saying, Let's tell a story, spend the story points to upgrade that check. <laughs> yeah. And this is Stefan saying, dare to ask for those boost dice if you can, or pass them along. Um, re, well, this is Chris saying, remember the rule of cool and uh, always bring your cybernetic soldier with you to carry all your shit. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, just have fun doing it, everybody. <laughs> Good night. Good Adios. night. We're not finding the narrative. A Genesis RPG podcast is not affiliated with or endorsed by any companies mentioned on this show. Any of the products mentioned on our show or appear on our website are the property and copyright of their respected owners. All items are used under fair use and educational review purposes. All other items are the intellectual property of finding the narrative. A Genesis RPG podcast. Copyright 2021. All rights reserved.